This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to More Than a Muse. I'm Stani. I'm Sadie, and today I have another artist for you that I had the pleasure of learning about. Have you been this week, Stan? Good. Getting ready for the holiday? Yeah, I'm like, I've done a lot of Christmas shopping, so that's good. I have yet to do Christmas shopping, and we'll we'll figure (laughs) it out. (laughs) That's going to be kind of hard, though, because you're flying, right? Exactly. You don't really want to bring all of it with you, but... And then I don't usually have to factor in shipping, but this year I do have to, like, factor shipping to, like, our in-laws and stuff, and now they're going to get it after Christmas. But, you know, it's fine. They'll get it, and that's what matters. That's okay. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of playing the shipping game as well, where I'm like, okay, as long as it shows up the week of Christmas, we can make this work. I think that's It just has to get there before the holiday. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I get to come home a week from tomorrow, so I am looking forward to that. That is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Utah has been snowing nonstop for the past two days, so... I know my mom keeps sending me pictures of all the snow. It's crazy. Prepare for the cold. It yes. is there. I'm literally staring outside my window right now, and there are like foot-long icicles dangling off the side of the roof. So. Wow. Yeah. It's charming. It looks that, is, that sounds so charming. Winter Amazing. is here. Winter is here. All right. Well, should I just jump into my artist today or anything else we need to yeah, discuss? I don't think so. Well, today I am talking about an actress named Shirley Booth. And as we mentioned in the first episode that we did in in December, it has been a little bit difficult to find women that are, you know, like the forgotten women Christmas artists. But I did find one that had a role in a classic Christmas movie in The Year Without Santa Claus. Do you remember that one? Oh, the I don't think I've seen it. Heatmeister and the cold, like, I Mr. I sm- That's the thing the I... That is how I remember that movie. I'd never remember what the name of it is, but it is mm-hmm. that one. And she is the voice of Mrs. Claus. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So there is our holiday tie-in today. But I had a lot of fun learning about her because she played some pretty iconic roles. And I obviously, I knew nothing about her. And she was definitely in Hollywood and like the golden age of Hollywood, kind of. So to give a brief overview, Shirley Booth was born in 1898 was an American actress, and she is one of only 24 performers to achieve the Triple Crown of Acting, which the Triple Crown of Acting means that they have won an Academy Award, an Emmy, and a Tony Award. 
Oh. So like an EGOT, but minus the okay. Grammy. I feel like people don't brag about that. Yeah, but it should. Oh, okay. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, why is no one bragging about that as much anymore? Maybe like people aren't getting it as often. That's maybe what I wonder. Well, the most recent person to hit that is 2018. Her name's Glenda oh. Jackson, the most recent like actress. Actually, I'll go into it. So I want to talk a little bit about the Triple Crown of Acting as well as EGOTs mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're familiar with artists at all and them being recognized, you probably, I at least had heard of an EGOT, but I didn't know there was this thing called the Triple Crown of Acting, which it makes sense that like for actors, yeah. they kind of have a separate thing because as an actor winning a Grammy, like there's not really a clear path to doing that some of them have by like spoken word albums mm-hmm. almost like not by accident but you know not, not necessarily meaning to but it's still cool it's actually kind of surprising that like musicians don't have their own like little yeah right award thing too yeah where they like a grammy uh i, I guess i just else. don't really know what it would a people's be. choice award <laughs> <laughs> i feel like all the yeah, other like, awards are like know. not like prestigious enough for prestigious enough yeah yeah (laughs) where it's like oh they won a american music award which is like cool but i don't know yeah i guess that's true maybe they just need some more prestigious music awards yeah i don't know but anyway so the triple crown of acting is as i mentioned it's like the highest honor that you can hit in the entertainment industry as an actor because they get an academy award emmy award and a tony in the acting categories and obviously those are like the highest accolades that you can be recognized in for film tv and theater as of 2022 Mm -hmm. only 24 people what's cool is that 15 women and nine men so more women than men have received the triple crown most recent is glenda jackson in 2018 but other notable names of people who have hit this status are maggie smith al pacino christopher Plummer, and viola davis they have all hit Um, all very fitting I know. And I also was reading about it yeah. that Viola Davis has been recently nominated for a Grammy. I can't remember if I included it in my notes. No, I don't think I did. But she's been nominated for a Grammy. And so if she wins it, she could be the next EGOT. So that's cool. What did she get nominated for a Grammy for? Let me just double check. Oh, sp- spoken word. Yes. Say Okay, exactly as I said. If they do get nominated, yeah. it's for like an audiobook. So yes, she got a Grammy nomination for Best Audiobook Narration. If she gets cool. that, she will be an EGOT winner, which is so cool. Always amazing. So Helen Hayes is the name of an actress, which, you know, I almost changed everything because I was like, who is Helen Hayes? I don't know who that is. But she was the first actor to do so, to hit the triple crown of acting with her Emmy Award that she won February 5th of 1953. And then less than two months later, Thomas Mitchell became the first man to do so when he received a Tony Award. That's got to be one of the only awards where a woman got it before a man. I know. That's what I was thinking. Um, And then of of the people who have hit like the Triple Crown winners, Hayes and then also Rita Moreno are the only actors Mm. who have also won a Grammy to therefore complete the EGOT. But if Viola Davis wins it, then she will also have joined that. 
Shirley was the fourth person to hit the milestone. So she got this very, very early on, which I think is super cool. And then Mm -hmm. a brief thing about EGOTs that as of 2022, 17 people have won an EGOT or hit EGOT status. I don't really know the right way of wording that, but 17 people and only five of them are women. But Jennifer Hudson actually hit EGOT status in 2022 this year i didn't even realize that jennifer hudson had hit that but thought that was amazing yeah i don't even remember hearing about that i know i i thought that would have been a bigger deal but i i guess i don't like keep up to date on everything jennifer hudson but like i don't know i think that's amazing yeah i remember the last person i remember hearing about getting an egot was john legend because that's john legend that's what i'm thinking of Mm -hmm. because he got one right yes he's the last one i actually remember hearing about that's the last one I remember too. So I was pleasantly surprised to yeah. see that Jennifer Hudson had gotten that as well. That's but now awesome. moving on to the life of Shirley Booth. So she was born in New York City to Albert James and Virginia M. Ford. In the 1905 New York State Census, she was actually listed as Thelma Booth Ford. So she eventually changed her name. She had one sibling who was a younger sister. And then her early childhood was spent in Brooklyn, where she attended public school. When she was seven, their family moved to Philadelphia. And that's where she first became interested in acting after seeing a stage performance. So when she was a teenager, her family moved to Hartford, Connecticut, where she became involved in summer stock, which I looked up summer stock because I didn't know what that was. It basically is just like a theater company that just does shows in the summers. So nothing too crazy. But she made her stage debut in a production of Mother Carrie's Chickens. But her father did not approve of her acting. And she actually dropped out of school and traveled to New York City to further pursue her career as a teenager. Initially, she used the name Thelma Booth, but then her father forbade her to use the family name professionally. So she changed her name to Shirley Booth. He had an argument against her first name, not her last name. Yeah, I I also was confused on that. (laughs) I mean, I guess technically it was Thelma Booth Ford. So like her last name technically was Ford, but her middle name was Booth. Oh, okay. And I'm imagining Booth is like someone's surname. Like I don't, you know, something. I don't know. I agree though. It's like, wouldn't they be like, no, you're fine to keep Thelma, but change any connection to a family name i don't know but she eventually changed her name to shirley booth because her dad was upset Mm. with her and it doesn't matter because we know both of our names anyway exactly take that dad (laughs) (laughs) anyways (laughs) so she began her career like i said on stage as a teenager in the stock company productions and she was actually a very prominent actress in pittsburgh theaters for a time before she ended up moving to new york city at that time she performed the sharp company but her debut on broadway was in the play hell's bells opposite of humphrey bogart on january 26th of 1925 she first attracted major notice as the female lead though in the comedy hit three men on a horse which ran almost for two years from 1935 to 1937 which i feel like is a long time for a play to run on broadway and also what i think is crazy it's like her broadway debut was in 1925 but then she first got major notice in the play that opened 1935 so that's like 10 years 
that she is just working as an actress. The thing about Shirley Booth is I did not find a lot about her early life or it's kind of like that thing we run into where like there's a lot of articles about her, but they all just kind of regurgitate the same information and it's like hard to find the, you know, little anecdotes that Mm -hmm. kind of fill in the gaps that that's I mean, one of the most yeah. annoying things honestly because it's like almost better to have like only three articles that at least yeah. are all different uh-huh. <laughs> than to have like 20 that all say the same thing exactly and yeah. also the struggle of trying to highlight artists that don't get a lot of attention because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not as many I don't know if scholarships the word but kind of like you know effort I guess yeah. going into finding these stories and as much as I wish we could each spend months on each person to like, you know, really paint the picture. But still, at the very least, I think let's just acknowledge that her debut versus when she actually got prominence, 10 years. So she, by no means was she an overnight That's success crazy. and she was just working as an actress during this time. But like I said, so during that time in the 30s and the 40s, she continued gaining more popularity in dramas, comedies, and actually later in musicals. She acted with Katherine Hepburn in The Philadelphia Story in 1939, originated the role of Ruth Sherwood in the 1940 Broadway production of My Sister Eileen, and then performed with Ralph Bellamy in Tomorrow the World in 1943. I wish I knew more about plays because I don't recognize any of these But I'm sure a theater person would. So I know. I always feel bad. I'm like, I'm sure this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have the context. But she also starred on a popular radio series at the time called Duffy's Tavern, playing a lighthearted, wisecracking man crazy daughter of the unseen tavern owner on a CBS radio show from 1941 to 1942, which I think is cool because, I mean, we read that book, The Women Who Invented Television. And so I think it's cool to now find another woman who was a main player, you know, during that time and was like out on the very first radio shows. I think it's always fun to like find those. And I don't know. I feel like that's like an art that I don't think about a lot is like the original radio shows, you know. And so it's it was so fun reading that book. So shout out to a previous episode and just a book in general. If you want to go check it out, it was awesome. And then also on radio, she did the NBC Blue from 1942 to 1943. Her then husband, whose name was Ed Gardner, created and wrote that show as well as played its lead character, Archie. Booth actually left that show not long after the couple divorced, which is fair. fair. She, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was still acting in Broadway shows. She actually received her first Tony Award for Best Supporting or Best Featured Actress in a dramatic role for her performance as Grace Woods in Goodbye, Mr. Fancy. And that was in 1948. But then her second Tony Award was for Best Actress in a Play that she received for her widely acclaimed performance as the tortured wife Lola Delaney in the drama Come Back Little Sheba. And that was in 1950. So just two years later, she won another Tony. And then her leading man, wow. who's named was Sidney Blackmore, received the Tony for Best Actor in a Play for his performance as her husband, Doc. So that was cool. She just won two Tonys back to back. And again, like I was just like noting the passing of time where it's like her first debut was 1925 and then 1948 and then 1950 is when she finally gets that 
wide major recognition and wins Tony Awards. You know, I think it's just it's just cool. Like, obviously, she was just working so hard in those 20 something years. And then at this point, she basically hit a stride. Her success in Comeback Little Sheba was immediately followed by the musical A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, based on a popular novel in which she played the feisty but lovable Aunt Sissy, and that proved to be another major hit. And then her popularity was such that at the time, the story was actually skewed so that she would have the leading role rather than how apparently it was originally written because of how popular she was, which obviously just shows how big of a deal she was that they said, "Mm, we're going to put a new lead so that Shirley can be the star here. And actually, one sec, I forgot to mention this. So her Broadway debut, where I mentioned that she was opposite of Humphrey Bogart, but I forgot to mention, in case you don't know, I didn't know, that he is the lead of the musical, not the musical, the movie Casablanca, which is obviously a very iconic movie. I've never seen it, but I've seen the show poster, as is, you know, it's iconic. So just to kind of put her in the time period that her Broadway debut she starred with who went on to become the lead of Casablanca and is obviously too just like a huge movie star beyond that so then she went to Hollywood and they made the movie for Comeback Little Sheba where she played her same role it was in 1952 that that movie came out and then Burt Lancaster played Doc so the same person didn't like her same husband wasn't in the movie but she was the leading lady and then after that movie was completed which was actually her first of only five films that she ends up doing she returned to new york and played leona samish in the time of the cuckoo on broadway but then in 1953 she received the academy award for best actress in a leading role for her performance in comeback little sheba becoming the first actress ever to win both a tony and an oscar for the same role That's which awesome. i think yeah is so cool and then that film also earned her the best actress awards from the the is it the cans or the canes film festival I know it's like big and famous. I should probably know this. I don't know either. The cans, the Cades. I like, yeah, I don't know. Who's ever listening? I'm sure you know what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, But she also won the Golden Globe that year. So she basically just won everything for that role that she had already won a Tony for when she did it on stage. So that's amazing. Oh, yeah. And then she also won the New York Film Critics Circle Awards and the National Board of Review, which those are obviously less famous, but obviously yeah yeah, still amazing and then that same year she also received her third tony her second in the best actress in a play for her performance in the broadway production of that that play the time of the cuckoo so in like three years she wins the tony for here come come home come back little sheba plays it on a movie, wins the Tony, wins the Oscar, sweeps everything, and then wins another Tony for a different play that she was in. So That's amazing. I know. We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. Okay, Instagram Discover page coming in clutch once again. We have this account run by Shauna, and the account handle is called The Mindful Butterfly with two Ys. Well, I like that. Mm-hmm. And they're so fun. They're just like these cute, I'd say very retro, vintage Ooh, that is cute. Inspired illustrations. Mm-hmm. Lots of flowers and smiley faces. And she has a lot of stuff going on for Christmas right now that are really cute. I like the Christmas tree and the Christmas mug. 
Yes. Walking down the rocking down the street I know. together. Running on coffee and Christmas cheer. Oh, adorable. And they're just <laughs> chilling. And she also has them on sweatshirts. Yeah. Looks like she's got some fun like stickers, prints, and some sweatshirts available. Oh, and phone cases. So oh, perfect. Lots of fun little Christmas stuff to check out. So yeah, that's Shauna and the Mindful Butterfly. Yay. Mine is white Christmas wreaths. And it's a white Christmas studio. They're actually from Columbus, Ohio, which Hooray! I know you were there for a while. So that's mm-hmm. fun. Anyways, I found them because on my explore page, she did like a whole wreath out of like classic Christmas toys, which is beautiful. And it's just this amazing Christmas shop. She has an Etsy shop, which is great. And on there, there is just like the cutest wreaths. For like year round, she does Halloween decorations and I love it. These I are love amazing. Them so much. I know. And not like what you would imagine, like with a wreath. Like I said, it's like fully made out of toys or like just ornaments. ornaments. Yeah. They're adorable. I really like the square ones. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like fun. They're different. Yes, I love that. Even this one that's like completely out of Christmas lights. Yeah. So cool. They're adorable. So yeah, I mean, I guess by the time you're hearing this, it might be a little too late to go buy Christmas light, Christmas wreath to be there in time for the holidays. But (laughs) hey, follow her. Check it out for next year. Or like I said, she doesn't just do Christmas stuff. She does stuff for Halloween. Lots of Halloween stuff. And all around the year, it looks like. I'm so. even seeing some St. Patrick's Day. Fourth of, of July. Yeah. Oh, some Easter wreaths. Perfect. There you You're go. Set. All year round. Adorable wreaths. So cute. All right. Now back to the show. What is so cool is that she was actually 54 years old when she made her first movie, which was the comeback Little Sheba. But she had successfully shaved almost a decade off of her real age with her publicity stating 1907 as the year of her birth, which I mean, I guess just shows like the ageism that's been around forever that they felt the need to be like, oh, she's 44, not 54. Crazy. And I guess that's like something that you can get away with before the internet. Yeah, true. Because how how are they going to prove that wrong? Like go look They'd at- They'd have to like go find your- Find her birth, birth certificate? Yeah, yeah. A birth certificate in your birth county and everything. Exactly. And like none of that's just like available on the internet. So dang, ladies, we can't- shave 10 years off of our age anymore we, <laughs> but we don't need to exactly we don't need to we shouldn't yeah. absolutely not and then her, apparently her correct year of birth was only known by her closest associates until her correct year of birth 1898 was announced at the time of her death so she like held that until she died oh my gosh she <laughs> right? died in the nurse everyone was just like surprise she's 10, she's years, 10 older. years older than what you thought she was <laughs> oh my gosh it's kind of sad that they felt the need to do that i know and i honestly like wonder like i don't know if it would have changed anything if people knew she was older i don't know but it's yeah it yeah. is really sad and i guess it just shows that, I mean, I'm not surprised by this, but, you know, as women have been fighting ageism for ever, forever. But then her second movie 
Her second starring film was a romantic drama called About Mrs. Leslie that was released in 1954 to good reviews, but apparently audience didn't really like it. In 1953, she made a cameo appearance as herself, actually, in the all-star comedy drama movie Main Street to Broadway. So I think, again, this goes to show just how big of a star she was that in a movie about Broadway, she has a cameo appearance as herself, you know, like to, (laughs) to be able to be in a Hollywood movie as yourself. That shows that, like, obviously she was very, very well known for what she was doing on Broadway, which I think is really cool. Those next few years she spent between New York and California on Broadway, she scored multiple successes. She was in the musical By the Beautiful Sea in 1954 and the comedy Desk set. And then she had become well known to moviegoers during this period. So even though she obviously was like a movie star, they took those plays that she was in the time of the cuckoo and the desk set but they actually gave those roles to Katherine Hepburn instead of Shirley Booth I don't know why but she didn't get the chance to reprise those in the movies which is interesting I wonder why because obviously like she won the Oscar for the role that she did you know that she brought over from Broadway I don't know if it's because Katherine Hepburn was like younger or you know I, I didn't find anything as as to why she is a bigger name yes so Mm -hmm. maybe it was just the notoriety they were yeah but even though Shirley Booth was obviously big maybe they wanted someone with a little bit more pull I don't know what I almost like find as like not not super sad like she was obviously very successful but from my perspective like all the movies and the Broadway musicals and shows that she was in they weren't necessarily the ones that went on to become classics you know Mm. which is I think maybe the reason why she's not as widely known today I mean maybe I'm the only one who didn't know her name but I I think that might have something to do with it you know that it's like if one of these movies just had a little bit more of a lasting appeal or like she was the original cast member in like I don't know uh like the sound of music or you know something that's like obviously huge now I wonder if we would I don't know have more name recognition with her yeah I'm not sure But in 1957, she won the Sarah Siddons Award for her work on the stage in Chicago, actually. But then she returned to Broadway in 1959, starring in the musical Juno. In 1961, director Frank Capra approached her about starring in Pocketful of Miracles, which was an updated version of his comedy drama Lady for a Day. Apparently, she said that she was unable to match the original performance of it, like in the original film. So she declined the role. And then he cast Bette Davis, who was unfavorably compared to the original role by most reviewers when the film was released. I don't really know either of those movies, so I can't comment on that. But I think that's like something that happened with Jennifer Lawrence recently, where did you see that TV show, The Dropout? that Amanda Seyfried played that woman who like oh, made that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched mm-hmm. a few episodes of it. Yeah, me too. But they made another show about it. I don't know who did it. But originally, it was going to be Jennifer Lawrence who played her. But then she was like, no, Amanda Seyfried already did it great. We don't need to make another one of this. And she ended up dropping out of the project. And then they still went on. I think somebody else ended up playing the role. But same situation here. Like, <laughs> Amanda Seyfried killed it at the role. So like, she did. why did they need to do it again? And I think that shows yeah. someone who is at least like appreciative of the craft and is like aware of their own abilities where it's like if somebody already played the role amazingly like I don't need to go in and do it again you know I I think that takes self-awareness and respect for what you're doing in order to recognize and it was really weird to the fact that like two different places even were 
doing different projects on the same story Mm -hmm. like i understood there was a documentary about it and then like the tv show which made more sense but like the fact that another studio felt the need to create something else too like yeah uh it's kind of a strange thing that i don't feel like happens super often and it's really weird when it does (laughs) i absolutely agree but anyways after this though she was cast in a very major role that ended up being I think is probably the one that she's the most known for, which is Hazel. When I looked up Shirley Booth and then looked up Hazel, there like I definitely recognized the character. And I don't think I've ever seen the TV show or seen clips of it, but it was something I recognized. So I think this is what she's now mostly known for. In 1961, she was cast as the title role on the NBC comedy Hazel that was actually based on a like cartoon from the Saturday Evening Post about a domineering yet endearing housemaid named Hazel Burke who works for the Baxter family. And Hazel was an immediate hit with audience and drew really high ratings. In 1963, she told the Associated Press at the height of Hazel's popularity, she said, I liked playing Hazel the first time. I read one of the scripts and I could see all the possibilities of the character. The comedy would take care of itself. My job was to give her heart. Hazel never bores me. Besides, she's my insurance insurance policy which <laughs> which I like that <laughs> and then over the course of its five-year run she actually won two primetime Emmy awards for her work in the series and was nominated for a third Emmy and because of that she is like was like I mentioned one of the very first performers to win all three major entertainment awards as an actor which was an Oscar Tony and an Emmy So amazing. Yeah. In 1965, NBC canceled the series and actually CBS picked it up and pretty much redid the series with a little bit new of a spin. Like some characters were written out while some people remained on and they just did one season with CBS. But then at the end of it, she decided to end the show for health reasons. So obviously it was very successful lasted five whole seasons. As for her later career, so shortly after the end of Hazel, she appeared in the television production of The Glass Menagerie that aired on CBS, and she actually won critical acclaim for that and was nominated again for an Emmy Award for her role in that. Her final Broadway appearance was in a revival of a play called Hay Fever and the musical Look to the Lilies that were both in 1970 and 1971. And then she returned to Chicago in a revival for a play in a revival of Harvey at the Blackstone Theater. Mm. She kept doing work in 1973. She returned to an ABC series called A Touch of Grace that was based on some British sitcoms but that was canceled after only one season and then in 1974 she provided the voice for the character of mrs claus in the animated television special the year without a santa claus so there is our holiday tie-in for Mm miss shirley booth and that was her final acting role actually and then she retired to her home in cape cod after that Wow. Mm -hmm. A brief note about her personal life. So in 1929, she married Ed Gardner, who later gained fame as the creator and the host of the radio series Duffy's Tavern. They divorced in 1942. And then afterwards, she married William H. Baker, who was a corporal in the U.S. Army. And they got married the following year in 43. And they remained married until his death from heart disease in 1951 but after that she never remarried and had no children from either marriage so i mean a lot of this time she was alone you know because 
you know, she went on to live until the 80s. And another fun thing is for her contributions to the film industry, she has a Hollywood Walk of Fame on Hollywood Boulevard, which is fun. Like I mentioned, she retired from acting after playing Mrs. Claus. She moved up to Cape Cod, where she lived with her pet poodle and her two cats. Uh, And then she maintained contact with her friends via telephone, spent her time painting and doing needlework. And then in 1979, she was inducted into the American Theater Hall of Fame. Apparently, she did not attend that ceremony and the award was accepted on her behalf. But that's because at that point, her health was declining a lot. She had suffered from a stroke that caused obviously a lot of health issues. And then and she ended up passing away actually October 16th of 1992 at the age of 94. So a very wow. long, long life. And yeah, there is, I guess, the brief overview of her life. A fun thing that I found about her is so 1953, by this point, she had won her third Tony Award. And she was pretty much so well recognized as an award winner that she appeared on What's My line in may 1953 and a panelist made a joke and said that she had won everything but the kentucky derby and she replied well i almost won it yesterday but i drew the wrong ticket in the lottery (laughs) so i think that shows what she was known as is she was known for her amazing work and the awards that she was winning i actually watched this youtube interview that i really really loved it was just an interview from 1971 right before she played in the revival of Harvey and um it was like a 13 minute long interview and so it was fun to like hear her talk and she talked a lot about how much she loves to spend time alone just with her dogs and her cats and how she's like I'll go weeks by myself without ever seeing anyone and like that's how I like it and something from the top YouTube comment which I guess here I am, you know, using my sources, YouTube comments. But I appreciated the sentiment that this person said, isn't it funny how one of America's great stage legends is remembered today for a mediocre sitcom, which I mean, I'm not personally saying anything about Hazel. I haven't seen it. But it said she was terrific as Hazel. But this lady was the Meryl Streep, Kathy Bates, Judy Dench of her era. Nobody was better. So there's some context as for who she was in the 50s, I guess 50s through 70s was like the equivalent of how we see Meryl Streep or Judi Dench is like these just amazing and very well respected actresses. I feel like that's kind of a good note on the fact that like the notoriety of Broadway doesn't come nearly as close as like the notoriety of Hollywood and how weird that is. Yeah. Uh huh. Like most people can name five actors, even if they've been in like mediocre films, you can name five great actors that have probably won something. But how many people can actually name someone who's won a Tony? Yeah, honestly, same. And I grew up as a theater kid, so it doesn't transfer as well, I guess. But, but obviously I think she was able to, hit mainstream a little bit more because she was in that sitcom Hazel and you know things like that anyways well that is the life of Shirley Booth yeah an amazing actress and I really want to watch come back little Sheba I'm curious of what it's about I like read the plot synopsis and I was just like wait but what what happens like <laughs> apparently like come back little Sheba comes from how she would like call out to her lost dog from her porch every night and yell for her dog oh. but like I don't think the movie's about a dog. I'm going to look it up real quick. Oh, so it's just two decades after their hasty wedding. Doc and Lola are stuck in a deadening and loveless marriage. 
Nice. Doc, who dropped out of medical school when Lola got pregnant, blames Lola for the loss of his life's dreams. But Lola, who never recovered emotionally from the miscarriage she suffered shortly after their wedding, still mourns the loss of her beloved dog, Sheba. Um, but then a beautiful young lodger enters their home and long repressed emotions explode. So it sounds like a very wholesome, light movie to watch this holiday season. Yeah. I'm going to find the time to watch that so I can appreciate the best Sh- Shirley Booth. I don't know if I can handle a dead dog. That's fair. <laughs> a loveless marriage, that's fine. A dead dog, yeah. no. I already did the loveless marriage. <laughs> dead dog, I can't handle. I'm just kidding. That is a joke. It just runs <laughs> away. I mean. Oh my gosh. However, <laughs> I do want to watch The Year Without a Santa Claus. I don't think I've seen that. You should watch A Year Without a Santa Claus. And I actually think that it's a pretty wholesome it's like a 1970s animated Christmas movie. It, the animation is very similar to like the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Have you seen so that? fun. Yes. Yeah. I actually, I really like it. It's a very cute, I mean, wholesome, you know, little Christmas movie. So if you if haven't seen that, I'd recommend it. If it's available on something, maybe we'll try and do a watch party. That's a very Oh Christmas-y. yeah, that would be fun. I mean, I feel like it's got to be on something, but... I don't know. The hard part is always figuring out which one. I'm pretty sure it's like a really quick, it's not long. If I remember, yeah, it's like a TV special. Like a, it's probably like 45 minutes long. Yeah. Like most movies weren't Mm-mm. very long. Back like then. an animated TV special from the 70s. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of which, it's kind of hilarious and ridiculous how long our movies have gotten now. Listen, you can convince me to watch any movie if it's an hour and a half. I hate long movies. I love short movies. That's But all. here's the thing. Love long TV shows. I will sit and binge a very long TV show, but I That's can pause true. and quit whenever I want. Yeah, I like the, the slow build of a TV show. Yeah. Anyways, well, fun. there's Shirley. And I guess the next time it's Christmas, this next upcoming Sunday. So if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time with your family. I get to go home to Utah this week. Woo-hoo. I'm very excited for that. And we'll still be back the day after Christmas. We're batch recording our stuff. So come back for the 26th mm-hmm. and we'll have a new episode for you. You can listen to our podcast on your walks when you are needing a break from your family. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Or as you organize all of your Christmas presents that you received. Yep. Just listen to More Than Amuse and we'll be here yes. for you. And it will be a fun one too. I'm really yeah, excited about that episode. So me too. Cool. Well, thank you so much for telling us about Shirley Booth. Happy to. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.